Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. long gone after years of doing this podcast with Jason Stewart he just realized that the uh, zoom link that I send him uh, in the calendar for every episode is is the same um how does that feel are you okay are you going to be able to record today usually it would, it would be normal that I would be able to to remember a uh, a URL consisting of us02 web 2.0 no 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 J3 no 6611621226 I don't think you should remember it I think you should realize after a while that it's the same one that's all <laughs> I don't I, I don't expect you to recite it, it, it. it is a it is a URL with with literally over a hundred random characters, not even artificial intelligence could memorize that, Chris, or even recognize that it is the same one every time. But I do have egg on my face on an important day <laughs> with an important guest. And I feel like shit. I feel like yeah, shit actually, now. I gotta go. Um, no, no, I, I, I don't mean to call you out like that. I guess it's it's the first time I've ever had a technical leg up. Um, so it felt it felt good, even if fleeting. It felt pretty good. I don't know if we're gonna call knowing a random number is the same every time a tech, technical no. feat but we should move well, on we should move on okay no i apologize i apologize i didn't know I that you were so good at urls but you are kind of king of the net so it does make sense i'm king i'm king of the www <laughs> you, you you seem like more of a point and click and less of a typey typey but i mean that's who that, knows? That, that is true that is true you weren't really in ms dos as a youngster i was not entering entering in text-based commands like i was it's fine i was not beasting i want to give a congratulations to francis bean and and uh tony hawk tony hawk's son riley what um they got they got married uh this weekend and it looks like michael stipe officiated um, okay which is a big <laughs> God, flex. okay i feel old now um okay so tony hawk's son <laughs> and riley kurt, kurt, a, a known a known rocker riley yeah and then kurt kurt's daughter kurt and imagine daughter. being named riley hawk and not being a rocker also what Daily Mail is saying Kurt Cobain's daughter. I, I mean, are we gonna? Is this Courtney Love erasure? Is that really what we're? Is that what we're doing? I don't like that at all. Um, I don't. I don't like it either, and I don't think our guest does either. He, he's <laughs> he's sort of on team court as well. well I just I'm, this story is hitting close to home because uh, we were trying to get Stipe to officiate our wedding last weekend, and he was he said he was unavailable, and and Nomi Fry was able to step in, but. I, I guess now I know why he was he was under embargo as to the details exactly why he couldn't do it. <laughs> yes. But now yeah. now that you've seen yeah, it, he, it's it's good to have some more visibility and like you see the the reason why and you understand. Yeah, you, I you understand. Don't, you don't I hold understand. a grudge against Stipe anymore. I would never hold a grudge against Stipe. We were also looking for a little singing, which I think maybe put him off. So if this maybe they let him off the hook, you know what I mean? With just. Kind of reading. Stipe's good at a lot of things. He is not better than Nomi Fry at officiating a wedding. (laughs) Yeah. Who do you think's a better reader? Let's be real. (laughs) 
Who's a better dick sucker? I don't know. <laughs> um, also, though, there was a uh, you know, there's a sexy photo shoot today in GQ with with a uh, friend of the show, Haley Bieber. Uh, my phone is still smoking after looking at the Skims ads. God, we're talking about dumb shit with this guest today, but oh, this is what we do. <laughs> Wait, I forgot about the skims. I forgot about the skims ads. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, so skims, skims. Who was I talking about this? We, oh, we, I guess we were talking Should about Should we oh, cancel no, last, Thurston? Yeah, last night we were, uh, last night we had dinner with, with Fran and Jackie who are visiting from Toronto and we brought up the, the skims men's, um, campaign, mm-hmm. which I think we all like. I think it's officially a, a W. Uh, once again, Kim. The only L Kim's taking this week is is being pictured with Ivanka Trump at her birthday party. Ooh. But otherwise, I think putting all these brawny uh, bronze athletes—they're not in all this, brawny. One of them, one of them is brawny. The other two, I would say, are a little bit more twunky. Or no, bro. The the basketball player guy is fucking ripped. So is the so is the football player. What are you talking about? You, you could be six seven. And 195 pounds and be ripped, but you, you but you are not brawny. Yeah, I you, guess you, I you guess have you're right. you you have muscle definition, but the muscle that is being defined ain't much. Yeah, okay. So you're okay. He's got a lot of torque, not a ton of horsepower under the hood, and which is this fine. feels like it's hitting close to home for you. And I, I don't. Well, I don't... I, I learned about these images through Azalea Banks's Instagram, and she <laughs> sort of <laughs> offered her unsolicited um, thoughts on each photo and each model. Yes, I and saw. She was that. saying I the guy, that. the the big football i don't know any of these people the american style football player he's the only one who passed the the thickum test yeah. where the other ones are more of a which is which hurts me because i would fall into the more of a toothpick category myself yeah okay so neymar jr who's a soccer player nick bosa and shay shay is the is the basketball player i think nick is the football player mm-hmm. um amazing traps on that guy also is 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 Neymar Jr. Is that just his name? Like, is his last name Jr.? I don't know. Or does he just not have a last they name? They just call him that. I don't fucking know. That's what they've always called him. <laughs> it's like I've Lil only... Terrio? Yeah. I've only... <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen it that way. So I, I don't know. I've, I've literally only seen it that way. I've never thought about I it. I didn't know that professional athletes were allowed to just have made up names like that. I, you know, it's it's not like Prince or anything. Like, I, I think you just have to use your name. But who? what do I know nowadays? I'm still reeling on the fact that. Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love's kid is now old enough to be married and got married. Did you not meet Francis at the festival? Just like heaven, just like heaven, I had a nice chat with with Francis and Ian Bradley because they're friends. He brought, they 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 were at the festival oh, together. That's right. And Matt Sukar, and it was it was a nice afternoon. And I, but I didn't know, uh, I didn't realize until later that she was. You didn't see the hardware on the on the hand. You know, Riley got her a sick black diamond. You know. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's actually sustainably sourced. There was a Damn. big, yeah. So I mean, I, I know, I know you're still reeling from this, but hopefully you can recover. My dog, my dog Kurt is still spinning in the grave. Yeah, I mean Kurt. I mean, well, I th- I think he's the, act, he well he he actually did <laughs> he did the world's first 900 in his grave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shit. Um. Well, I think that I think that they they've chosen to live. They kind of they live in like San Diego, I think, and are just kind of. I feel like it's an amazing life. Well, I, I think I think Tony has like a compound in Encinitas or something like that, where you just like literally open your bedroom door and like skate down a ramp, <laughs> and then like a lady hands you a bowl of cereal, and you're like, "All right, later, I'm yeah. gonna go to quote unquote work." 
And work work for work for Riley Hawk is like waxing curbs for his dad. No, that's not true. So it, that's like that's like mowing lawns. I'm sure he him. has a major label record deal. Don't be crazy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is he like a real musician? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Ugh. like. I mean, it's not for us, obviously, but I'm pretty sure it's like real. What what comes after a 900? 1260 Kurt just busted the first 1260 in the fucking grave <laughs> you know you know, you know I'm not able to do you know I'm not able to do that that kind of you can't math, you bro. can't multiples of 360 oh good luck I'm looking to I'm looking for a a page turner for our flight to Australia mm -hmm. and I guess I'm gonna have to buy the Britney Spears book I don't want to is it out yeah it's out I mean, it is crazy uh, uh, that 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 Oscar winner Michelle Williams reads the audiobook, which seems insane. Like they must be Michelle Williams doesn't need the money, so they must be like friends, or she must be like low key a a celebrity lover or something. Like I don't, I, I it's really baffling. I think if you're Michelle Williams, I mean, I, I guess at the time when the book needed to be narrated. I'm sure Britney was unable to speak enough or well enough. I don't enough. think Britney can read. She can sing and dance, but that doesn't mean you can read. So I think Michelle probably had to step in. At some point, she knew how to read. Well, I mean, I, I saw I saw her um, her auditions for the Notebook recently oh, yeah. resurfaced. <laughs> she was she was obviously she, she nailed those lines. She was running but, um, she was running lines. Our, our guest is here, Chris. Oh, okay, shit. Sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, yeah, we do have, we do have a guest today. Um, Thurston Moore, you know him uh, from his uh, band Sonic Youth. He has a new memoir out now um sonic life uh that is in stores everywhere i believe what a great title he's he's tapping in from from london so we're doing the the rare monday pod or excuse me the rare the rare morning pod with him so let's uh let's get into it lovely hey there overwhelmed foodies are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same fear not because amidst the chaos there's one shining star worth your culinary affection home chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea they're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of say goodbye to swiping left on lackluster meals and swipe right for the one brand that will make your taste buds swoon. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef design recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, I like to chop myself, or quick microwave meals that are assembled in minutes, Home Chef has you and your entire family covered for delicious meals, witty options per week, and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. I'm keto now. Not only is it convenient, but it is also economical. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Mamma mia. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering my listeners... Our listeners, 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert faux life at homechef.com slash how long. That's homechef.com slash how long for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash how long must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. How Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know, hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health. Uh-oh, and internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole-body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly 
thicker, stronger hair. Go ahead, give it a tug. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth suppy with over 1 million people seeking thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with considerably less shedding. Thank God. Take the first step <laughs> to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code how long? All one word. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. I got RAF on the nut. <laughs> Dot com promo code how long? That's Nutrafol.com <laughs> promo code how long? Would you like some pineapple, Thurston? I would love some. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds delicious yeah now so i didn't know did you relocate to london or are you just there for a spell i've been here over 10 years mm. oh i didn't realize i, I didn't realize that well, we, i didn't make a i didn't make a big deal out of it but yeah i didn't I, <laughs> didn't get the, no, yeah, we didn't, didn't get that press release in our email <laughs> inbox yeah what's the story i cc'd you on that i don't know <laughs> uh, i uh yeah i've been here about, about over 10 years and is it just what was the do you just like it because we just like it there as well but i always wondered what it would feel like to relocate if somebody told me 20 years ago 20 plus years ago that i was going to relocate to the uk london specifically i would have thought they were crazy mm -hmm. you know because every time we came here it was always just like yeah pissy rain or just like slamming rain and then you know it's like the worst weather ever the worst food ever but things changed could, could i have some more adjectives for the rain please i like pissing and slamming i need two more it's pissing and slamming doesn't need my next that's my greatest hits album pissing and slamming. yeah yeah so the rain's belting you about the balls and face the food isn't any better but now in 10 years Thanks to global warming, the rains have calmed down and the food has improved greatly, hasn't it? I think the food got better when some young up-and-coming chefs like the naked chef, Jamie Oliver. Um, I never really That's saw him when he was naked. I guess he was naked at one point. But when I see it... You know, yeah, I never, I've never seen Jamie Oliver's hall yeah. either, Thurston. Come to think of I, it, I, yeah, I, don't, I didn't know that the Food Network could show X-rated content like that, but I, I, at the time, he must have I was have upset been when I moved here and he wasn't naked. I was just like, why is this... I thought I already was... The guy was supposed to be Let's naked. Let's get you out of that apron, Jamie. Come on now. <laughs> I'm going back to New York unless you take the apron off. This is bullshit. No, I used, I used to watch that show when it was on TV oh, really? in, the, in the late 90s or whatever, and... You know, I was like, this is an inspiration. One day I'll learn how to cook Well, healthy. he raised the food consciousness of, of England, uh, supposedly. Mm -hmm. But I do remember in the 70s, it was, yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> I mean, you sort of had to find salvation by going to Indian restaurants, which are generally okay. Yeah. Or pubs. And the pub food was generally okay as well. But now it's across the board, you can actually, you can eat well. You can also still eat kind of post-war terrible if you wish. It's, that's still out well, there. The post and the weather, and the weather is kind of like, it's like the new Barcelona here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were we were in London a few times last year doing some live podcasting and, and lucky for us, our brand of, of pod, uh, London bends their ear to us as they say, but yeah, every time we go, we're like my my wife and I will just walk around after dinner, and she's like, "Should we just move here?" And then everyone's like, "Don't move here! It rains every day that you're not here. Dude. Every time you come, it's perfect, and every time you're gone, it's raining. Don't come here." Dude, I don't know what your politics are, but I can only say one thing: 
there's no firearms here. Oh yeah, it's, a, it's more of a stabbing. <laughs> yeah. It's more of a stabbing I, culture. Yeah, there's a lot of st- yeah, yeah. a lot of stabbing going Baseball on. Baseball bats everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I I would like to live in a place where you don't have to have yeah like what, where was it Chris there was there was a sign on an entrance of like oh that was in South Carolina we were driving to from Atlanta to Charleston no there it was no this this was something in California South Carolina I can only guess hey hey I can hey only guess no, my, my hey, wife was hey. at a mall um the Glendale Galleria a mall here in Los Angeles near where we live and there's a sign on the wall that says no firearms allowed yeah it's it's so unfortunate that we have to have that sign in, in a state where guns are not allowed to be taken into any business or on your person at any time. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about in South Carolina where it says that the sign posted on the gas station is like the owner of this establishment has a 45, <laughs> you know, and that, it's like... But, uh, screw the dog, beware of owner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I don't, you know... Well, it's easier to, it's easier to deflect a, a slashing knife uh, when you're yeah. in a knife fight here in the, in the wild, hardcore streets of London <laughs> than it is to like dodge a street. I'll take my chance with the lead pipe. Yeah, Thurston, this isn't a di- this <laughs> oh, isn't yeah. a diss to you, but I don't know if you could fend off a stabbing. I don't know if I could either. Well, there's too much of me. Uh, yeah, I know. I have too much too much physical real estate. <laughs> I have too much. Too <laughs> how, much I, yeah, risk. actually, how how tall are you in in inches, please? I know you've been there for ten years. I'm about, I, I don't I'm just about, I'm about ten feet ten. <laughs> He's he's yeah, six. Like, I read know. this. I, you're six six because Jason's six nine. Are you? So this mm-hmm. is you're a six, nine. yeah you, yeah. It's not a competition, Thurston. Yeah, I'm six nine. Wow. You can't tell. I'm sitting down on Zoom, but yeah. Were you pressured to play basketball when you were in high school? That was sort of the the beginning of my depression because yeah. the, the coaches <laughs> didn't even like. I would walk past the coach down the hallway. And he wouldn't even look in my eye or like yeah. he wouldn't even ask me like, hey, do you play basketball? He would just be yeah. like, no, nah, we're good. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't um, exuding athletic at that time. His lack of his lack of coordination <laughs> was just clearly visible to the coach oh, without can, having I, to do I any can, drills. I go one on one with you for the lack of coordination. Look that way. <laughs> OK, that'd be great. Were actually, you recruited as a youngster? I actually kind of thought like maybe I should do it because, hey, I'm like the tallest. Well, yeah. I was always the second tallest. There was always some guy who was like a million feet tall who kind of like yeah. nice to meet anything. you that person is always yeah, me yeah. <laughs> like thank you for not making me the and you're you're guy. always the person who's like oh that guy's six five six four six six yeah, yeah. that's the good height and then i'm <laughs> i'm six nine where like right. your life doesn't really get better unless you're in the nba at that point right yeah, like, like all the only things that problems. happen is people are just like Oh God! They look at you like a monster, and then you can't buy clothes, shoes, yeah. fit in airplanes or cars, etc. I mean, the NBA is is kind of that's kind of not the worst kind of uh, you know idea for anybody who's that tall. No, I you know, but you ha- yeah, you have to be coordinated. You have to be well fit. You have to be more than just tall. How's your coordination level at this point? Has it gotten worse? Well, that's or the better? thing. When I first went out. I actually tried out for basketball in high school thinking like that's kind of what they want me to do. Mm-hmm. And I kind of went to the first practice and the coaches looked at me and they were like whistling like, yeah, oh well, my God, come on in here. And they were like just starting me out first. And I was just like, <laughs> I didn't even know which way to run. So I was kind of going to the wrong basket. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. All the four foot kids wanted to beat the hell out of so me. So all, all the coaches' smiles started turning into frowns as you realized yeah. – by the end of the by the you... end of like the by the end of like the third the third practice, I was just like, I'm out of here. I'm gonna go like I have to go to the mall and find a Led Zeppelin record or something. And like you know, the coaches were like, they cut me. They finally mm-hmm. cut me. They were like, 
with tears in their eyes and knowing that they did waste. they did you a favor they did you a favor but and it was they handed hard you for a, everyone. a badminton racket and said it's been nice knowing you <laughs> yeah, son it's been hard here's here's a stratocaster get the fuck out of here uh i well yeah, we yeah. had this experience the other night because we went to see priscilla and jacob alordi was there and jason was he's like six five and jason leaned over to me and he was like see oh that motherfucker six five. That's the right height. Six nine is just yeah. too much, you know. And it, mm -hmm. it is, it is, it is true. Six nine's good. <laughs> six nine's cool. I mean, you know. Thanks, Thurston. <laughs> it's talking about actors. I mean, wasn't Fred McMurray like six nine or something? Like he was tall. Yeah, I think I think there's been I think there's been some that are that tall, but I think that they might play undesirable characters from time to time because of their gangly appearance oh they get God. typecast as kind of a freak yeah. <laughs> not to bring up halloween you know but it, it, it <laughs> i was i was in a britney spears video and i was cast as a uh a vulturous paparazzo where and, and i was only cast because of my height and, and looming energy yeah you know, she's single now i think maybe you still have a chance to sort of get your life together and in, in a very new way you guys have been served you guys have been rapping about britney spears for quite a while now so i think so there's some there's a buzz <laughs> going on there well i mean you there's a there's a lot well it's memoir season i don't have to tell you that thurston but hers <laughs> memoir yeah, you yours are, and hers are kind of the kanye yeah and the jay-z fighting it out for supremacy right <laughs> yeah this i would is, love to interview her to number yeah, one i would love to i would love to sit down and have a memoir like face off with her well mel mel ottenberg is listening mel the editor of interview yeah, magazine can, interview if, if magazine you interviewed yeah, britney and britney done. interviewed you for Let's do this for the cover shoot you're sitting on britney's lap she can handle it she's strong well i don't know about that <laughs> you know it's just but the way we, we, we you know the same slow down, slow down. <laughs> did the okay so, because we were we were uncovering earlier in the intro that oscar winner michelle williams reads britney's yeah. audiobook what is your yeah. is do you have the audio version do you i read you my had own. to do it I read you my had own. to do it okay yeah, yeah, yeah. i've heard that's very challenging but i would have i mean if, if michelle williams would have read mine but i don't you know i don't really have that kind of coin i don't think <laughs> michelle williams did that out of the kindness of her heart but this is <laughs> yeah, this is what i was saying to jason in the there could have been a transaction in the intro i'm sure she was paid yeah. quite well but michelle williams doesn't need the money and and she knows that people are going to look at that as like oh that's odd that how much that. How, what, what's the most she could get for something like that like she more than a million dollars according to britney she wrote the book a long time ago because I, she kind of sort of she you know i follow i follow britney's uh, social media and <laughs> she kind of like came her. out the other day saying she's like, the reason why you, why you wrote this memoir all these critics are kind of yelling about these certain things in the book she goes like but wait, I wrote it a long time ago. I'm not like that anymore. And I was just like, that's that. No, 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 no. You can't like publish a memoir and say, I'm not like that anymore. That's a really cool. You know, that's a unless really you're going to cool title response. it that. If you title your yeah, memoir, like I'm not like that anymore. That's, that's what Harvey Weinstein said too on, on, the, on the sand. That's the old me, Judge. Come on now. That's a, that's a crazy thing to say. That is a crazy yeah, thing to say. Yeah, she's like really like kind of angry. Like why why are they kind of like making all this negative commentary about things I wrote about? You know, the, what's his name? Uh, uh, her friend in the Mickey Mouse Club who uh, kind of gets kind of lambasted over the. Are, you, are Justin, Tim Justin, Justin Timberlake? Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Justin's getting hit hard from every side on this, and I I do feel like maybe he's a survivor. He's a survivor. But I I feel like maybe there's some. There, I I don't know what you can do at this point besides just let it go. Like there's no winning if you're him. You just have to like sit back and and get killed. There's nothing you can do. Take your yeah, lungs. you know he, he he. I think he could take the punches. Supposedly, you know he. 
He did a. He opened up for Ozzy Osbourne once in, in Canada. I remember years ago, and got like killed. You know, yeah, I'm and, sure. And you know, but it was just like I think maybe if you can make it through that, you can of, make it through anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Only yeah. a Canadian would would put that bill together and and think that it would work yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. Justin Timberlake <laughs> on Ozfest Alberta is really a one of one kind of situation. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's the live CDR that I would like to sort of hear. But I, I haven't found. That you can you got to get deeper on reddit yeah what is it like reading the audiobook because it feels like that would be i i've seen it depicted on film and television as something that's very difficult or did you find it did you find it easy i mean i found it pretty easy i just sort of, i mean i read and i read and i read and it took like about a week and a couple of days i thought i could do it like in a, two days my book is a bit of a a bit of a doorstop. It's about 500 yeah, pages. I, 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 it was yeah. contracted. Yeah, it was contracted for 300. I handed in 800, and my editor said, like, wrote me back and said, "Have you ever read Ulysses?" And I was like, "Who reads Ulysses?" <laughs> he goes, "Well, you know, it's, this is like reading Ulysses twice. Think of the longest book you ever wrote, and then like, you know." He's like, you're in a cool band, all right? You're not Moses. <laughs> yeah. Chill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you're not you're not Winston Churchill, kid. You know, just like. Keep it to the guitar tunings. <laughs> well, I mean, that's good. I mean, 800 and then and whittling it down to a, a scant 500, that means that... It's like a Jonathan Franz. It's like as if Jonathan Franzen wrote a book about me. Okay. Oh, wow, that's a good, that's a, that's a good kind of jacket selling point. <laughs> if there's still time to put that on the back yeah. sleeve, yeah. We can nice. get that in for paperback. And then now you have that... Now you have that extra three hundred pages right. for a, a Sonic Youth style B sides. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, memoir B sides release. Yeah, I, we'll do that on we'll, vinyl. Yeah, yeah we're gonna do we're gonna do a quadruple, a gatefold quadruple, twelve inch. <laughs> it's gonna be record store day exclusive, Best Buy exclusive. That's, right. that's exclusive. I I just find I just did, w but was it like did you feel like you were reliving it again? Like like or was it or was it? Oh you God! Know what I mean? You know, I, I, you know, when you write a book, you kind of read it over and over again anyway. When you're True. editing, I spent all of last year like fully editing it with my editor at Doubleday, so I kind of was pretty pretty uh, intimate with the text. <laughs> But reading it out loud, um, it was the first time I could do like a full read and sort of think like, am I actually a writer? And like, cause I, I wanted to write only, I wanted to write a book because I like to write more than kind of writing about myself. Mm -hmm. So the, the idea of a memoir was just a device that allowed me to actually write a book that somebody would be interested in publishing as opposed to me writing fiction or writing about anything else. But what I did, I actually wrote uh, mostly about other things like signifiers and, you know, ephemera, like records and mm -hmm. books that really intrigued and inspired me and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it was more approachable that way than just like the full on, like having pegs. It's not a, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not about my, it's not my dark ages. Sure. Sure. Way. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this style <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. is kind of fun. Jarvis Cocker did something kind of similar with his. That's right. Yeah. And the it was pop, bad pop. Yeah. And it was, in, it's, yeah, yeah. Inter it's interesting. Cause you, you see it and you're like, why the fuck is he talking about this? And you're like, Oh, okay. That, okay. It works. Yeah, we, we got it's into it. To read. Yeah. It's, it's a fun, fun it's a read. fun way to lay it out. Too. I think it's probably easier to to think of things that way for certain people it allowed me to do it allowed me to go to the library and like go through like all these archives of like um newspapers and village voices and sounds in me melody maker and and really sort of get together folders of all of this arcana that uh, was just you know lost to the yeah to uh so you you went in and pulled the microfiche yourself <laughs> i got I uh, I had to find the microfiche of the Village Voice, and the, the New York Public Library said they didn't have a digital on it. And I went to 
I kept looking for it and I went to book dealers who said like, you know, we can sell you copies at 50 bucks a piece. And I was like, it came out every week since 1958. I don't really have that kind of coin. <laughs> and like, uh, but I just, I, I just needed like from 78 onwards, especially into the eighties and nineties. And there's a Google doc online, but it's blacked out in the eighties, which doesn't do me so much good. Uh-huh. And then I went to the library of Congress site and that's a rat nest of a warren of just information. But I found a library that had, all of the village voices supposedly on microfiche mm-hmm. and it was the it was the fort lauderdale <laughs> library in florida whoa and it just so happened that i was going down to uh, south miami gas up the jet let's go we're going to we're going <laughs> to the, the, it, i had a like, res at nobu and on ocean on ocean so i said we'll <laughs> no, swim no, by not, for yeah okay. i wasn't hanging out at nobu okay <laughs> i wasn't hanging out at nobu uh, <laughs> well, just, I, I had a DJ set down there, so I'll just well fly in. Jet Blue does Fort Lauderdale. It's a dude, hour no. long drive. It's okay, no problem. So you went. So you went. Why were? Why were? You, what's the real reason you 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 had business down in? Florida? I have like I I I was born there. Hmm. I have some family there. I have friends there, and I kind of like my wife Eva and I. We go down there and we spend time there. We will like rent or do an Airbnb. When, or when you say South. South Florida is that Miami or are we hitting the Keys? South Miami, yeah. Okay, okay. It's like just south of Miami proper. Coral Gables, Coconut Grove. Oh, oh, I'm a big coconut. World. I love to see the Coconut Grove kind of. Yeah, it's being brought back to life, nursed back to life, where there's yeah. more restaurants than just a Johnny Rockets on the corner there. It, yeah, it used to in the '60s when I was a kid, I lived there, and it it was that's where all the hippies were, mm. and so they all they all hung out in Peacock Park, you know, and so yeah. uh, that's where I bought my my first underground. Like, like comic was like in coconut grove and it was all barefoot hippies and my mother used to chase after the hippies because they were trying to catch coin off me all the time and uh, i was a little kid and she's like get away from him what'd you give him what'd you buy and it'd be like a fabulous furry freaks brothers comic because like, what is this trash and like, <laughs> i'm glad to know there was some counter hitting a hippie with a broom i like that I- i'm just surprised there was that much e- counterculture going on in in coconut grove oh, there was yeah. i didn't know that that whole area got moneyed and well actually the whole area like miami beach and miami got really really kind of um dodgy all through the 80s you wouldn't go there i mean that was just like mm-hmm. it was a police state it wasn't a popular yeah. uh tourist destination the way it is now not like alphabet city in the 80s no it was but it would know <laughs> yeah. it but it was like alphabet city compounded it was like a whole other world you know so it's by the castro sea. castro un- unleashed the prisons Mm-hmm, and all the Cuban prisons mm-hmm. into oh. Miami, and then there was like all this organized crime coming in from South America. Mm-hmm. All that, or, all that organized crime is a little different when it's you know 100 degrees, 100 percent humidity. Too, it feels more serious, it's more psychedelic. It's yeah, like psychedelic yeah. crime. It is psychedelic crime. <laughs> the coke was cheap though, man. The coke was cheap, very cheap. Very oh yeah, yeah. You could bust open a coconut and just like drink it like, like on the street. Different kind of coke. I was talking about. I was talking about different kind of coke. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> I like. So I went how to pure- Fort Lauderdale. I was able to go to Fort Lauderdale to the library mm-hmm. and, you know, first I called, I said, you know, are you open? Because it was, you know, it was pandemic year and they were like, yeah, we just opened. It's like a little old lady. And I was like, do you have, do you have like a village voice on microfilm? And she's like, what? You know, I was like, hold on a second. And I said, it was a newspaper, in New York city. And she goes, hold on. And she goes, let me call the, like the periodicals department mm, let me get the periodicals later. on the horn i'll be right back <laughs> please hold 10 minutes later another like little old lady gets on the phone and goes like hello and i was like do you have phil joyce on a microphone she goes like hold on a second and then 10 minutes later she comes back on the phone she goes like yes we do and i said are you sure she goes 
Yes, we do. Yeah, you know, I was like, so I fly to Miami, set myself up. I got my laptop ready to do some research and some writing. I rent a car because I don't have a car. I just bicycle around down there. Cool. And I rent a car and I and I and I bike to Fort. I I ride to Fort Lauderdale, thirty minutes. The library is surrounded by homeless encampments, and there's a police <laughs> there's a police building across the street. It's pretty it's pretty weird. Uh-huh. It's pretty funky, and there's nobody else around. I walk into this monolithic building. It's like one of the central libraries of like in Southern Florida. And I find on this fifth floor, the, 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 the periodicals department, and it's just plexiglass everywhere. And, it, and those two little old ladies I talked on the phone, fully masked and a cop fully masked. And he, he comes over to me, he goes like, you need to be fully masked and you can't eat or drink while you're here. And I was like, yeah, but I got to work, you know, but so they, <laughs> pulled out this cart stacked and just like wobbling with like microfilm, like these little square canisters. Yeah. And they showed me how to run the crank of the microfilm thing. And uh, it was fantastic. But I, so I started, I went there for about two weeks from like 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day. And I would bring a bag of bananas and a bottle of water underneath my shirt. <clears throat> and when the cop wasn't looking, I would just like, you know, I, so I subsisted on bananas and water. Every once in a while, he'd bust me. Come over, like I'm here. I, I love that you're eating a banana. You almost died from starvation at a uh, at a uh, library in Fort Lauderdale, yeah, yeah, yeah. looking using the microfiche machine, surviving off yeah. of bananas and water. Did Brittany do this? No, definitely Did not. Did Brittany do this? Brittany, Brittany didn't Brittany even write her own this. book, so Brittany, you've got her beat on that. I mean, how do we know that? How do we know that? How do we know? I, that? I have some. <laughs> I just have some sneaking suspicions. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, much like Nobu, I'm sure if you ask Brittany what microfiche was, she would think it's a sushi restaurant. No, yeah, Nobu's. <laughs> yeah. No, dude, we were hanging out at like Las Camarones on like you know mm. that that's the that's the joint. Las Camarones, fresh fish every day. What about Joe's Stone Crab? You ever r- r- ride your bicycle over there? Uh, I never rode my bicycle over there because that's on the beach. But uh, you know, I have to go over the causeway, and then you know, that's kind of a that's dangerous bit. on the bike. The causeway, what? A, that's a good way to die. I was always a I was always a Key Biscayne <laughs> enthusiast myself. Love it, yeah. Um, I it's it, but it was always fascinating to me because it's so everybody's so rich and every, there's not one good restaurant. You have to drive forty but minutes to go Key eat. Key Biscayne, there is like a little sort of fisherman's kind of like hovel on the water mm-hmm. that down a dirt road secrets of south miami south florida that i could sort of i could blow your mind with. oh wow okay so you're you're the shaman for south florida good to know book, book number two there's another place there called something that the the parrot the golden parrot or the bent parrot or <laughs> 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 there's, there's, a, there's another place that's like right when you get into keep the bent no bent parrot's a gay bar on the corner from your house <laughs> <laughs> oh that's right yeah I get, my okay. bad my bad that's the pub that's my local <laughs> It's the it's the joint where uh, Iggy Pop hangs out every Wednesday night. I always forget, oh. I always forget that he's the the Miami stalwart. You know, he's the guy there because yeah. he's lived there the whole time, right? He's been there a while. He's a you know he's a sun worshiper. And, and, yes, yeah, he grew up mm-hmm. in. We can tell by looking at him. <laughs> he grew up in Michigan. He he deserves some sun. That's right. That's right. Are you guys bros? Do you guys hang out in 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 Florida ever? How long gone? is brought to you by our dear friends at BetterHelp, Jason. BetterHelp, you know, summer travel season is coming up. Luckily, my BetterHelp therapist also fancies themselves a bit of a travel agent. So for maybe the first half of our sweet sessions, we were spent off, obviously off clock going through, you know, hotels, ferries, 
car rentals, restaurant recommendations. It's as if I have two wives. I have two wives inside of me. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, it, it is a fun way to find and connect different therapists. You get one that you really like. You guys are gossiping. You guys are chit-chatting. You guys are talking about your personal interests. Next thing you know, it's time to actually do the work. So it feels good building those uh, mental health relationships with people you actually like. And on BetterHelp, there are so many different therapists to choose from. I don't like anyone. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash how long today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash how long. Nice. Career World is a new cookbook written by Dookie Hong and friend of the show, Matt Rodbard, the New York Times best-selling authors of the book Koreatown. Korea World is a vibrant exploration of the evolution of Korean cuisine, both in Korea and in Korea towns across the United States, with more than 75 bold, flavor-packed recipes and stunning photography. The authors take an inside look at the exciting evolution of Korean food through stories of chefs, home cooks, as well as recipes that are shaping modern Korean cuisine. The book begins in Seoul, where the barbecue scene is pushing into new territory and where the city's third wave coffee culture is exploding. The tour continues with late-night food adventures in Los Angeles, my hometown, and stops into the kitchens of innovative chefs from New York City to Portland, who are putting modern spins on korean classics recipes include giant short ribs whole fried smash rockfish and pineapple kimchi fried rice i'm sad i didn't get to name the foods and you did <laughs> korea world is essential reading for anyone curious about the future of food available wherever books are sold i've crossed paths with him a, a few times through my career but he uh <laughs> i interviewed him for rough trade records at his man cave in in like north miami I know he, he kind of him and his wife live in uh, Coconut Grove, and they sort of they, they keep to themselves. But I have I have um, I hung out with him a little bit. We had I had lunch with him once in Coconut Grove, but with a bunch of uh, different people. What is the? Can you give me some details around Iggy's man cave? Kind of how that's furnished. He doesn't seem like a traditional man cave kind of guy. Well, you know, I mean, I you know, I I'd, I'd hate for him to think that I was like kind of you know. Uh, divulging his <laughs> his interior decorations of course of course because his but but it was really it, what you know what was really great about it you can still see it in jim jarmusch's gimme danger film he's sitting in the, he's sitting mm -hmm. in the washroom doing that interview mm -hmm. so the, i i recognized the washroom he has a little kind of tiny river in the back that he hangs out and uh it just sort of he just chills out back there he has a lot of artwork that he's done himself of paintings and some drawings that are on the walls and some posts some stooges uh ephemera that are that's framed on the walls and so it's it's very kind of it's really cute sweet small little modest place but man his bedroom like i just sort of took a peek in there man he's got like a super duper king size bed <laughs> with like the most like this purple silk i mean like i don't know what goes on in there dude but you can only imagine it like, looked like elvis's bedroom yeah it's, it's giving graceland i know yeah, this is the iguana. Elvis is Elvis. You know, <laughs> I don't think you know Elvis could only dance alone. Oh. Wow, damn, that's that's okay. Albert Goldman wow. book. That's what he said. Albert Elvis would only dance alone. He couldn't like when he was dancing. There was never. He, 
in the movies, he'll dance with Anne Margaret because he's he had to. He got paid, don't, you know. But mm-hmm. Colonel Tom Parker made sure that you know. Only way I'll dance with women is if I'm getting paid too. So I get it. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, that's that's my thing too. I, I totally yeah, yeah. get it. <laughs> okay, so so was your your, your two weeks of microfishing fruitful? Yeah. Did you get a lot of stuff out of that? The only problem with it is that I kept sort of coming across so much information about things I. I'm really interested in that I probably wasn't so interested in back in the day when I used to read the village voice in the late seventies, early eighties, when I was a kid and I kind of, the band was starting. So later on, when I became a more sophisticated, uh, arbitrary of taste and got into sort of theater and poetry, et cetera. Mm. And I was like, wow, you know, there was all this history in New York city that was like in my neighborhood that I was not imbibing in that. I wish I could go back in time and, and actually have, you know, been part of yeah so you got you got sidetracked with all the uh, uh, cool stuff other than yourself it's by my own bullshit yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> so where yeah. where in new york were you living before you left before i left um i kim and i lived on like lafayette street uh in houston most of the 90s and then we moved up to western massachusetts northampton massachusetts primarily for our daughter to go to school up there because the schools were begging for kids to go and have great educations as opposed to like, uh, you know, competing to get into like the worst schools, like in Manhattan. <laughs> so it was a no brainer. We moved yeah. out there. It was three. Hours that's, years. that's actually, it's funny. We were talking to Jeff Tweedy, um, and he, we were talking about mass mocha and that whole thing up there and how, how kind of special it is. Yeah. And it's not that far from New York, but it feels like there's, there's more culture than like Connecticut or something. Yeah. 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 yeah it's kind of cool. And Northampton, Massachusetts, where we were, had a, it was a total scene up there around, um, you know, it's all the UMass and Holyoke, Mount Holyoke College and uh, what's the liberal arts school up there. And, and, and so we... Um, is that where is that where Williams is? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so we lived up there a long time. But the last New York thing was, yeah, it was like Lafayette Street. Before that, we lived on Eldridge Street, like way Lower East Side. Mm-hmm. Um, it's right before Chinatown kind of like took it over, and at mm-hmm. that time it was it was it was completely old school, like Yiddish neighborhoods. It was kind of great. It was a really great uh, confluence. And before that, I lived on Thirteenth between A and B, oh, wow. which is basically you know being chased home <laughs> by local teenagers. <laughs> yeah, real neighborhood guy. I'm just you know what? It's it's inspiring to see someone of your of your stature, and 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 you've lived a lot of life. And you never lived in Brooklyn, and that's something that I'm aspiring <laughs> to as well. To not and live I in just, Brooklyn, I just yeah, to uh, to never live in Brooklyn, no matter how great the pool is, no matter how beautiful the brownstone, no matter how many friends live there, yeah. because that's not New York. Manhattan is in New the York. Seventies and eighties, you didn't know anything about Brooklyn. I mean, Brooklyn was not; sure, it, it sure. was not an alternative at all. And if anybody did live in Brooklyn, it was just kind of weird. It's like, well, what, I mean, you might as well be in Rhode Island for God's sakes. But it was a uh, <laughs> yeah. But, That's how I feel. But it was a yeah, it was a it was a economic thing. I mean, it was just like it was all of a sudden it was cheaper and like we Manhattan got priced out, you know, um, and that's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I paid like hundred twelve dollars a month when I was on Thirteenth Street. You know, <sighs> one twelve nuts, right? I mean, I hear stories like that 
you know, and I really do have a hard time wrapping my my head around that. You know that that rent was che- that cheap anywhere, anytime. I really. mean, there is a price when you have to get, like you said, chased home by <laughs> yeah, teenagers yeah. every yeah, night. That's true. Yeah, yeah, you know, pay the price, survive. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you pay the price. Good trade. Yeah, the, the, yeah, that kind of terrorism was like kind of yeah, it was manifested into coin. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you want to live here? Does London yeah. scratch like like the so the, the, did you want to go back to a city? Was that part of the appeal? of London I, I moved here because when Kim and I broke up it was we broke up because I fell in love with 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 this this uh, woman uh, Eva she moved here as we were trying to figure things out and she moved to an area of London that I knew was kind of rough um, at, in the 80s because I used to hang out there and when we would come to London I would stay there with some people and when she told me where she was uh, she started renting a, a place here by herself I thought a single woman cannot live there. And I immediately flew over. <laughs> to see hey, me. hey. To make sure she was okay. Hey, babe, hey, babe, night. I'm coming uh, over hey, right hey. now. Just keep the door okay, locked no and I'll be there in a second, okay? <laughs> That's what happened. And I didn't recognize I didn't recognize the area. It was like what happened in New York. It was, it was yeah. like where there was once a, a, a drug den was now like a Whole Foods. Sure. You know? <laughs> and, you know, where there was once dealers on the street harassing you was now young marrieds pushing quote-unquote prams yes know. of course <laughs> so you showed you showed up with your baseball bat and your guitar cases and it was like sweetie we're good i was like what hey, where am i i'll bring you a flat white just go relax <laughs> exactly <laughs> and so i i um i stayed and you know we we uh picked up our life and i i started a band i got together with my friend uh, deb gooch from my bloody valentine and started a band with her and and a guitar player named james sedwards and Steve Shelley from Sonic Youth was flying back and forth and drumming. And then ultimately I started using a drummer uh, here in London uh, because, you know, that that plane ticket was kind of the most expensive cab ride in the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, for a band. (laughs) And we started making records and, you know, we kind of been through the wars together, you know. Uh, Both of our bands kind of had our 80s, 90s, like hurrah. Yeah. But we, uh, so we kind of just have fun making music together and making records. And I kind of write... I write serious music. It comes out seriously for serious listeners, but you know, um, you know, it's 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 what it is. So now we live sort of a little outside of central London, a little further out in like a a very modest what you can almost see here, like uh, a very modest little house. Yeah, you know? it looks it looks quite quaint. It's quaint, yeah. yeah it's all right. I like it. What What's the art collection looking like after all the years of being around? Or did you lose some of that? Well, I mean, I'm not really, uh, I don't really collect art so much. Um, it's kind of, that's kind of a high ticket thing. I don't really, I mean, I'm not like, you know. <laughs> oh, I didn't expect it. No, I didn't mean because of, I didn't mean that. I, I meant it because you were in the circles at the right time. I, you know, the trade, the trading. Yeah, like, like uh, we just, I just watched the Mr. Chow documentary and he's, he's wealthy beyond his years because he just, had you know yeah. all these amazing artists you know draw on a napkin and you framed it one day and now it's worth five million dollars you know yeah well i mean so do you have any basquiat napkins in the guest bathroom i i, I was gonna say like, <laughs> I, I sort of like i, I kind of wish i sort of ripped down some of those some maple thorpe some something. of those doors and uh, that you would see and it, it's you used to see them in soho like basquiat stuff all the time it's like why didn't I just like tear that stuff off the wall and bring it home? Because back then we lived in who the had society. A, now when banks when Banksy yeah, uh, yeah. spray paints a petrol yeah, yeah. station, somebody just 
attaches the entire building to a, a truck and drags it off to a gallery. Yeah. <laughs> I have cool art. You have some cool art there. I can see. I mean, you know, yeah, you have like Jason has a the, his famous Pet Shop Boys poster that that guests. Yeah, that's really intense. Famous. <laughs> <laughs> Are you not a pet shop voice guy, Thurston, or you just think the poster I, I, is intense? Uh, my, uh, my wife, my wife has uh, uh, my wife's daughter, who's all of uh, fourteen now. When she was a little girl, she used to call them the Ketchup Boys. Mm. And I was like, "Ah, it's such a good name for a band, the Ketchup." Boys. That is a, a good great name, name for a band. band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it also sounds derogatory, but I don't know <laughs> yeah. why. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah, not sure why boys. it makes me feel that way. But the, yeah, I don't, it's, it's, I don't it's, feel good, but I don't know why. It's a slightly uncomfortable band name, yeah. So when you got <laughs> wait, so when you guys got together, she had a young a daughter, and so you were back in daddy mode. I'm always in daddy mode, baby. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Good to know. Good His to daddy know. switch doesn't turn off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I just yeah. can't. I it's can't glued stop. On. Um. So that. So you like that? That was fun. It wasn't. Yeah, a, it of wasn't course. Like a. Oh, it no, wasn't daunting. No. It, no. It, it's toss uh, the old pigskin around. It's all about. It's all about. It's all about the love. I have like a beautiful. I have a really beautiful piece of art over here that my finger is mm -hmm. pointing to now that you can't really see. It looks amorphous yep. and dark. Mm -hmm. That is mm -hmm. a painting by. Um, by Gina Birch of the Raincoats, oh, yeah. that band, the Raincoats. Awesome. Of course, but it's dark in here. You know, it's almost nighttime here. You know, I'm a, it's, mm. we're kind of we know we, kind no, of race. We, we did we did a very we did the 9 a.m. L.A. time for you to kind of accommodate your schedule. Oh, I appreciate that. Hey, you know what? It's our pleasure. Hey, you've it's been up pleasure. since six. You did a little. You did some jogging. You did some yoga. <laughs> You did That's right. Power, I mean, you you, you, you joke, you joke, Thurston, <laughs> but I have been up since six, yeah. and I normally would have worked out before this, but because of my Jason and I are leaving for Australia tomorrow oh. for tour. Wow. Um, and I, well, there's a lot going on, so I, I had to work out a little later in the day, which I don't love. Uh, I'm a morning guy. What's the first stop? Melbourne, Sydney. We're only doing a show in Melbourne, actually. Okay. Like we're doing like a festival, so we we fly to we have to lay over in Sydney, but then to Melbourne. You've been many times, I assume. Been a few times, yeah. I love it. What? What? You do like it? I love it. I think Melbourne. I think Australia is is a great, great, great country, and um, I, I'm a little miffed that what went down recently with them not allowing, uh, you know, the indigenous people uh, much of a presence in, in the in the government. But yeah, you know, I mean, I think every <laughs> all of our sort of democratic governments now are just kind of like looking like buffoons <laughs> so, I mean, it's like more so than ever so i can't even like like wrap my head around any of this but mm -hmm. that said it's it's gonna have you been there no no i jason has i've, I haven't. I've been my he first yeah incredible so get get a big brekkie don't do not right? do not <laughs> we, no, do get, not. Get, we joke get, about this all the time on the show because have it all day long because yeah. breakfast is the same there but they call it something stupid and claim that it's better it's, and that's it, what no, i don't understand it's not only is it better but it's better all day long it, like it's the only thing you need to eat unless you kind of want to throw some some shrimp on the barbie later when you're sort of hanging out you know? <laughs> yeah of course that's what we're going to be doing we're going to be hanging out jason's going to be grilling but to, to me the uh the australian brekkie is the same thing that i can get in los angeles but but where you live a full english that is a unique and rare breakfast that you can't really get anywhere else. This is true, but you don't really want to eat it past like 10 a.m. The big brekkie in Australia is like, yeah. it's something that... It, Keeps you it, light on your feet. It's sustenance all day long, I think. I think because it's like, for some reason, it's healthier. Well, sure. It's, it's, even, it's even healthier than L.A. Because I don't think L.A., 
I think LA is conning you with a health thing. <laughs> <laughs> you think our yeah, that's true. Do you think our entire yeah, it's like is you, a you know. It, it, <laughs> All right, beans on toast. Yeah. Slow down, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, an English, a full English breakfast is absolutely insane. And I mean, I don't eat meat, so I would never eat something like that to begin with. But I find it crazy that people eat that. Yeah. To me, the tomato is the most fucked up part about it. I, I won't eat that. <laughs> I don't eat that stuff. I have no truth. Tr- yeah, what do, you, what, do you norm, what do you normally eat, Thurston? What's your diet it's look like? like there's black pudding and spotted dick. And, <laughs> I, no, I don't eat that stuff. Um, what do I normally eat? Yeah. I, uh, I generally am... Um, Besides bananas. A kind of a non-carnivore carnivore. <laughs> Interesting. You know, I'm like a guilty carnivore in a way. Okay. And it's just like, and uh, I say that because I go back and forth a lot with like wanting to be a vegetarian. I, I spent years being a vegetarian. And then when I started sneaking uh, meat back into my diet, um, you know, I'm kind of like, I, I'm like a, a strong a plus red blood cell kind of person so it's just like that kind of protein just makes me feel like i could like you know conquer the universe in a way you're an alpha male and you need alpha protein i'm an alpha i'm an alpha male with like you know with with heart issues (laughs) (laughs) and and a full a full head of glowing beautiful hair i'm 65 years old look at this that's what i'm saying i don't do anything you're not taking any special vitamins for that you can be honest with us here well you don't see a local colorist i think you know (laughs) some good loving makes for good health good (laughs) love Damn, okay. that's great advice. I mean, who can argue with that? I'm going to fuck the gray out of my beard tonight. <laughs> that's, the, that's, the first, that's the first place that it should work. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, okay, that's, okay, that's really, that's really that's great advice. That's a good advice. tip. Okay, so you, but you, you feel guilty about eating the meat, but then yeah. every time you eat it, you feel... I feel like, who gives a fuck? Yeah, yeah, who gives... I'll fucking kill you right now, like, bro. Yeah. You have a problem? <laughs> exactly. Well, that's how they do it in England, too. Like, when you go to the pub and you sort of have a few drinks... You know, you know, even if you get testy with somebody like in an American bar here, it's just like, come on, man, I'm fucking up, mate. You know, it's like a lot of like total street brawling. And I'm just like, what is that? Like, why? Where does that energy come from? Does al- alcohol makes me like when I like crawl under like a table and snooze. <laughs> but for some reason in England, when people drink alcohol, they get super duper hyper and they just start swinging and they like, it's like I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to bring it up again, Thurston, but it's because they're on cocaine and i think that's something that you should you should I mean, because consider. they they have not dealt with their repressed emotions the way you clearly have mm-hmm. that's some analysis right there but i see i can't say that living here because uh, yeah it could be bad for you could, yeah it i got be bad uh, for yeah. you you can't go down to your local to watch the match after saying some shit like that yeah, you know what i mean you gotta, you gotta watch your back have you embraced have you embraced football or, or are you just watching american well, football still the, i'm very happy that you know that the eagles beat miami and i'm a miami kind of miami heat guy so i love the basketball team but i'm a bit of an eagles Mm. uh football guy american football guy only because i have a nephew who is way into them and so i just i'm loyal to that because of my because of the family thing and it's similar to here where the team that i feel strongest emotionally to is the team that Deb Googe, the bass player in my group and my bloody Valentine, mm-hmm. she's hardcore into uh, Man United, Manchester United. Okay, United. Yeah, United. She grew up <laughs> sitting next to. She grew up sitting next to her dad, like watching United games, and it's just like it's big for her. I just watched the um, what's his name Beckham, Beckham documentary on, Net- yeah. on Netflix. Yeah, it's really so good, good, right? So good. It's it's really mm-hmm. sweet. You really get a sense of just like I don't care how much like 
good grace uh, is that these people have in their lives. He still kind of got his, he still kind of got his ass publicly kicked a lot. And that, you know, there's yeah. something he said, but I, I got my ass publicly kicked a little. <laughs> And I know what that feels like in a micro community. This guy, in a micro community. I don't want to. I don't want to check your pockets, Thurston. But I do. <laughs> David Beckham is so rich that nothing should hurt his feelings anymore. In my exactly, opinion, yeah. I think you're doing great, but it could still hurt your feelings. No, no a little amount bit. of money, you know. He, yeah, but you're right. He was in the 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 world stage, getting lampooned uh, every single day for every single thing. He deserves to cheat on Posh Spice a little bit to let off some of that steam, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he was man. So he's, but he's, but he's, he's, he was man. You, and it kind of watching of that really gave me some love for that team and that that coach, you know. And um, I love the tough love. I love the tough love of the coach. It, yeah, it yeah, feels- yeah. And now there's um the the their goalkeeper from like the early 2000s, Peter Crouch, who's a, a fellow tall man like you and I. He has a, a big podcast as well now. I don't know if you've ever really? heard of him or listened to it. it. This is news news to me. Yeah, check it out. I mean, I've never I'll listened it to out. it either, but <laughs> I, it's been fed to me in my algorithm for tall people. I'm more of a Wayne Rooney guy. He's an absolute United legend. Banging little player. Banging. But I like this woman, Mary. I think her name is Mary... Um, She's the she's the goalkeeper for the for the English women's team. They lost to Spain, and ultimately, you know the whole Spanish team thing, where like the the uh, the, the the team captains were kind of uh, being kind of untoward with the women after they won. And they oh yes, they, oh yeah, he kissed her on. Yeah, I remember that. Yes, that yes, whole yes. story. But the English team lost, which is too bad because they're kind of great. But I really like the goalkeeper, this woman Mary. They call her Mary Queen of Stops. <laughs> Because she could stop any kind wow, of. Wow, that's that is a very into. cool street name. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. a very cool street. <laughs> that's a good name, Mary Queen of Stops. As soon as I heard that, I was like, yeah. I love this team. You're either a goaltender or a bus driver. Am I right? <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't think I. I still don't think football will ever happen in America. But I think the Beckham doc might have made the most strides, Possibly. like more than MLS, more than MLS, and like the popularity of that. Oh, I yeah. feel like the Beckham thing made it look sexy. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think there's any future with like European English football as we know it. Football as we know it everywhere else in the in the world. I don't think it's ever going to. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of cool in a way. I kind of like that. That North America yeah. is that like it's just like completely and utterly resistant to something that the rest of the world sort of like accepts as like mm-hmm. very normalized yeah. behavior by everybody. It's just like it doesn't it doesn't fly in the USA. They're like we're going to play baseball instead, guys. I can tell the metric system's really you know putting a <laughs> pin in your ass, huh? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's interesting because when I when I use the um, our system, what is the non-metric system, which is called imperial? Imperial. Is it? So there you go. It's called imperial for a reason, right? Because we're so imperious. As <laughs> That's a country. not great. That's not great. <laughs> it's not. A, it's not a good look. And so. But you know, my English musicians in my band when we're touring around in the van, they really, they were just like, we will never ever understand how to calculate imperial numbers. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, it's easy. It's like, come on, it's a one inch doing. But it's just like, it's like any, it's like language. It's like not understanding another language. Yeah, it's like growing all. up Japanese and being like, 
reading and, and, and writing Japanese is easy, guys. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, no problem. Just learn Russian. It's not that crazy. <laughs> yeah, or, pencil, or, uh, or learn Osage. You know, this new Scorsese movie just came out. It's all about the Osage. Uh-huh. And, uh, like, can you, can you yeah. sit through? Can you sit through a three and a half hour Scorsese movie, Thurston? I, I did last night. Yeah, we watched it last night. I was a little surprised by it because I expected... I expected something else. It's a very sort of dour film, mm-hmm. and there's like, oh, it's, it's it's Scorsese's masterpiece. You know, it's like this is his this is his ultimate film that he's made. His opus. And I was like, hey, you know, it's kind of like it's a gangster film, but set in the Wild West. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of something about it was I didn't mind the length of it because it really sort of it, it it kind of dispels this whole story that is actually kind of really interesting, and uh, but it is. It's quite, um, it's quite a very still movie in a way. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a shoot. It's not like a shoot 'em up like a Scorsese gangster movie so much. There's a lot of long pauses and silences, and there's something going on there. But I was just a little surprised that it's getting all this critical acclaim as like his greatest feat as a filmmaker. And I was like, I, I think people want it to be, so yeah. therefore it is. Yeah. You know, because I think it's, I think also because. He, people want him to like save the movies, you know, from Marvel. Yeah, I think there's a lot of kind of ways of and thinking it, it's about it. It's an important are, subject in in American history. Yeah, compared to like Boston bank robbers and stuff. That's you true. Know what I mean? yeah. Or like <laughs> dirty cops. Like you know, <laughs> this is this is you know some of the most important American history of all time. But you know, the, the, the reason I brought up the Osage because it's like. The character, the characters in it, the lead character, one of which is Robert De Niro, he actually learns the Osage language and speaks it actually remarkably in the film. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know he could do that yeah, at his know. big age. Yeah. That's are impressive. you sure it was not AI technology doing that? I'm not sure about that. Okay. <laughs> you cannot be sure. I'm not sure I cannot what... be sure. <laughs> now De Niro, sure. yeah, he he he's not going to do that. He's going to do the work and he's going to learn the Osage he did the language. Work. You could tell. Well, the mm-hmm. only thing I read about that movie that I liked is that basically like. Because De Niro's on set, DiCaprio's like the little bro, you know, and he's kind of getting like made fun of and shit, which is so yeah, funny yeah. because he's one. Yeah, he kind of DiCaprio character. Yeah, he's definitely kind of um, he's a little bit of a the lights are home, but nobody nobody's the lights are on, the lights but, nobody's are on but nobody's home. home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he kind of gets like slapped around a little bit, especially by the Osage woman that he and she fall, they fall in love with each other. Spoiler alert. I guess it's essentially. <laughs> yeah, it's essentially a love story, and um, but uh, she's like the heart of the movie. She's great. How was the she's How wonderful. was the popcorn? Did you put peanut M Ms in it, or did you just go raw? You can't do popcorn here in 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 uh, the UK. They do what? I'm sorry, I don't know what's what's what the problem is, but they have they have <laughs> salty, the they have sweet, they have salty, sweet, and mixed. And it's just like you got to like which one is less stale than the other. That's that's how you have to ask the people. So you're, like, so you're saying it's available for you, but you're saying it's always so bad that you don't put you don't pluck it's down. Shite. It's shite. Did yeah, you, no. Did you sneak in a, a bag of crisps under your shirt? A, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> Three and a half hours. You just need it. You need a snack. What 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 time? What what time was the show time? What time did the film start? Uh, Seven fifteen. Okay, so you were smart enough to go do a little a little earlier. Did you fall asleep at any point in the film? Um, I almost fell asleep around the two and a half market. Okay, I almost took a mini map, but I kind of um, yeah, I sort of you know slapped myself a little bit. Sure, but there it uh do it for Marty. I generally I generally won't fall asleep in in in, in films. It has to be pretty. 
I have to either be really drunk or it has to be really boring, but or both. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. That diabolical combo of, of really drunk and boring will drunk put, and bo- put drunk anybody. And bored. To, that'll put anybody yeah, what, to sleep. Speaking of, what are what's what's the substance use looking like nowadays in 2023, Thurston? I drink. I don't drink. Okay. I don't smoke. I used to smoke cigarettes. I used to drink pint after pint mm-hmm. because I liked it. But I don't really. I I, uh, I can't really do that anymore because um, my doctors say don't do sure. that. And I was like, okay, I won't do it. Okay, what are what are what are the vices nowadays? I've had my fun. Of course, of course. What, what are the vices then nowadays? Do you, if you have my any, vices, and you can't say a good book. What are my vices? <laughs> I, 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 well, don't say discogs. Don't say discogs. <laughs> discogs. <laughs> discogs, dude. I was like, um, I. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, whatever coin I feel like I have, it's like I'm buying books and records, and I shouldn't be doing that because it's like, you know, it's not like I'm like Nick Cave in the Bad Seas and I kind of doing all this big business and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, no matter where I play. Well, I'm, I'm sure your record collection, posters, vintage T-shirts, that, you know, in, in, in whatever, 20 years from now. What are you interested in? <laughs> You're like, what's what are you your best for? Look, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big t-shirt collector, and I see, are I you? See, uh, yeah, yeah, and I see a lot of the stuff that you've been involved in going for insane prices. You know, if the, I had crazy. kept all the rock tees I had since late '70s onwards, yeah, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now. I'd be with, <laughs> I would be with Brittany. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have finally realized my dreams. About you'd, be, you'd be turning Letterman down for a podcast, <laughs> yeah, let probably. Alone us. Well, yeah. Well, how does it make you? I was thinking about that earlier. Like, of all the times we've seen, you know, the the Sonic Youth T-shirts on Instagram, and people are selling them for five, six, seven. You know, Chris, you've seen it for probably over a thousand dollars for. Oh, for sure. Some of the classics, and it, and I'm just thinking, how many? You know, like we make fun of like NFTs all the time, but like, yeah, if you really could own some sort of license to the reselling of that original piece, like how many millions of dollars have been transacted over the years just in Sonic Youth washing machine t-shirts. You know what <laughs> I mean? Sure, I, dude, sure. I, you know, I, I wake up in the middle of the night sweating about this because it's like not only like I, do I not have any of those t-shirts, but when I see them online, it's just like I realize like I, I designed that t-shirt for God's sakes. It's like, I mean, this uh-huh. is like, I have like zero to show for it. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it, that's a, I mean, it's kind of cool, but it's like, I wish I did keep everything. In fact, but I had garbage bags full of like rock shirts from the eighties. I had like all these, like the first Nirvana shirts or the first sub pop shirts, everything, you know, laughing hyenas, mm. mud honey, I guess. Mm. Cause I was actually really into always having that stuff and I would wear them, I'd sweat through them. They would mm-hmm. I'd throw them into a garbage bag. And I had, at some point, I know I gave two huge bags away to somebody who had like a bit of a pop-up thing before the whole craze of like t-shirt value. Mm-hmm. And I never, and I never saw them again. And it, but it was kind of a gift. You can't really Indian give because like, by the way, those two garbage bags full of t-shirts they gave you 20 years ago. Do you still got those? I gave you um, some garbage yeah. a while ago. Could I have a bunch of money for <laughs> yeah, that garbage? Do you still have, do you still, what size was the garbage I gave you? I'm looking for large. Yeah, so, well, there's hopefully there's a reseller listening right now who is feeling guilty Maybe he'll they'll be in touch with us, and we'll we'll send over a Sonic Youth T-shirt to the flat. Oh, you know, it's just stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's just. That's stuff. A, I mean, that's a good that's a good way yeah, to look yeah. at it. That's an enlightened way to look at it. But I do I think that 
the market for that stuff is just so crazy because it's it's yeah. sometimes the band is so obscure that I really rack my brain being like how many people yeah. are willing to pay this price for this shirt, especially with like old hardcore stuff where I'm like, I, there couldn't have been more than 10,000 people that know what this is. Right. Like, exactly. I don't know how, how, how this many, is um, how many wealthy chain of strength fans are there in this <laughs> yeah, world? Literally, literally, <laughs> how literally many people listen to judge who have, Hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions. Eight hundred dollars for a judge long sleeve shirt seems like a very limited group. But I, I, you know, I guess I'm wrong. I guess I'm wrong. The few, the proud. Yes, yeah, exactly. I kept on my hardcore seven inches from you know ground zero day one, you know, nineteen eighty eighty one era. That's cool. Really? Because I, I, I knew I just like because I remember like my record collector friends like as the years went by into like the mid to late eighties, it's like they kind of divested those. And they were turning it into mm. like you know rent money, and something told me it's like this is only this is like wine. I mean, it's just like it's going up and up and up and up, mm-hmm. and it's just like and it still does. And you know, like the Japanese market for like first pressing minor threat seven inches is like you know yeah thousands. You know, one two oh, thousand for sure. Inches, yeah, you, know. you pull out you pull out a chunk ink and suck it. You know, test press. Yeah, you're putting your kid through college. Yeah, exactly. So I hold on to that stuff. Okay. You know, but I don't, That's you cool. know, I just like, but I also like it because I aesthetically like it because I, I don't really want to get rid of it and turn it into cash because I'm just going to use the cash for, you know, cheap thrills that's all yeah. that's all any of us use cash for just so you know that's kind of like what life is about and then you die yeah, yeah that's all you, that's all we have just a, a dinner at Deshoom and two two for uh Deshoom, baby yeah Deshoom, yeah. Deshoom on me guys let's go i just sold my teen idols on green yeah i just yeah exactly i just sold my adolescent gold but uh what what was the what was the now, I mean, I know that you freak you you've you've been in all of kind of the famous clubs that Jason and I might be a little too young to to have visited, but like, you know, uh what which one sticks with you the most from that era of New York? Like Mud Club, CB's, like Dance Interior, like all of that. Like what are we looking at? What do you have the Max best memories? Well, you know, they, the, all those are kind of distinct from each other. And yeah. We kind of we kind of hung at each one. They all had their own sort of flavor. <laughs> I I personally liked Tier Three, which is also called TR Three, but it was downtown on uh, West Broadway, just below um, Houston Street, and uh, and it only existed for a year, all through 1979 and into the very early part of '80. That was our clubhouse, and that's kind of the place where myself and Lee Ronaldo and Kim and and people we were associated with just then as we were sort of getting our thing together were playing. And the proprietor of, of tier three was this woman who was bringing in bands from England. So that's where you saw like in this little room, a tiny little stage, that's where you first saw like the slits or the raincoats wow. or you saw madness, you know, mm-hmm. or something like this when they first come to town, the pop group. And that's where they would play because even then, I mean, that at that time, 1979, those bands were kind of only known to a, you know a, a certain demographic of people sure. who are buying these seven inch seven inches so i mean to remember and then you know it's kind of where the people who became supernova coming out of the the kind of the art world music world of new york uh later on of which like the big three the big triumvirate would be like keith herring madonna and jean michel basquiat mm. like those three people would always be there 
but you didn't really think about them being always, I mean, they were just part of our, the gang in that neighborhood. And so it was a very neighborhoody place. And that was our neighborhood. And they were sort of denizens of that neighborhood. So that was kind of where the hangout was. And in fact, Jean-Michel actually painted a mural in, in, in the middle of the downstairs club that the stage was on and the bar was just mm -hmm. like up on a little split level, small place. And that was our hangout. You know, you'd go there and everybody knew who each other was because everybody did know who each other was at that point. So there was no media eye on like what mm -hmm. your scene was um, at all. The media eye was still kind of on like the, the bigger names of punk, be it Ramones or Patty or Blondie or whatever. So this, this scene was kind of, mm -hmm more on the margins, you know, of what we were doing. And and so I guess that's the club. I, that's I kind the one of you have, have the fondest. Yeah, sure. You hold I closest. Have the fondest because, yeah, it's more sort of intimate and familial. And, and it's know. cool because it's one that I don't, I've never heard of and I don't know if Chris has either. Yeah, me neither. No, So me it neither. makes you look cooler. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. It's yeah, it does, it's exactly. only open for two months. You probably never heard of it. <laughs> well, you're like, so you guys, you guys are LA. Did you, did you, did you hang out at like, um, at, at the is it alligator alley or crocodile we the alligator uh, well chris is from atlanta originally i'm i'm from orange county originally but i so atlanta is like five the 588 or the f yeah 588 I, that was a little before my time but like i yes it was in little five points it was like on the corner it was like kind of like the famous yeah. it turned into it's a vintage clothing store now of course yeah. um but i'm sure you've played atlanta i mean over and over and over there was one place we used to play in atlanta that was like really like hardcore tough kind of place and every time we'd go there there would always be like we'd show for sound check and these like atlanta like kids would come up to the van just like we just want to warn you that the that the Atlanta skinheads are coming to like create trouble tonight. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, great. You know, this, I mean, I guess if you're like a, I guess if you're like a punk band who's been in a van for like 12 hours getting to Atlanta, Georgia, it, to have that kind of announcement, you can sort of brush it off, <laughs> but to be like sort of a fay art rock band from Manhattan, <laughs> and you're just like, kind of like living on candy bars and cigarettes. I'm sorry. What, <laughs> what do you mean? You, you guys were, you guys weren't slap shot coming down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that yeah. is, yeah, there was, a big skinhead there was a big skinhead thing not not so much during my heyday which is yeah. like 90s like early 2000s but yeah th that was definitely part of the the, the scene for sure I, yeah i guess like your music back then probably really angered the skinheads and made them really want to <laughs> well this, it's, this it's noise really, rock is too artistic it certainly polarized them we never uh, we never uh we certainly never got into any kind of beef with skinheads but there, that would happen particularly as we got below the mason dixon line a lot where it would be like there's a this could be a big skinhead gathering tonight and they're gonna they're coming here to like cause trouble and I was like it's time. why oh it's like you know we play alternative tunes guitars you know like experimental the tunings are very experimental why are they coming <laughs> you here? don't understand my tuning don't beat me up yeah yeah but so the thing is they never they that never happened but then you would read a scene report or an interview with, like with Henry Rollins or something it was like yeah and then we went to Atlanta and they turned over the van and they set it on fire. <laughs> And then I had to beat 50 fucking skinheads off my back. <laughs> and then I, you know, it's just like, I was like, really? So this does happen, but it doesn't happen for us. I was kind uh -huh. of like, 
I kind of want to see it happen. Rollins is a poser. They, they, He's lying about that shit. It seems to be having a black flag every every gig they play. <laughs> Tour rules. Uh, all right. Yeah. Thurston, Thurston, thank you so much for joining us on How Long Gone. It was a pleasure. I, you know where to find me, man. I'm always here. Yeah, the next time we're in London, we'll come around for a... Uh... Please come around. I'll, I'll, make a pot of, I'll make a nice pot of tea. Okay. That'd be great. Put some mushy yeah, peas on we need a warm. We need a warm you guys welcome. Gotta, you guys got to bring it down a little bit. Come, come here. You know. Leave your guns home. Okay. Okay. Like, we'll leave her. I'll leave my. No I'll promises, my brother. No promises. I'll leave my AK in the car yeah. here in LA, and we'll just we'll, be, we'll get along great. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a real treat. Yeah. You are. Uh, I, this will go into the history books as as one of the better episodes of the podcast out of oh. almost six hundred now. So much better than Jeff Tweedy. Well done. <laughs> I'm gonna write to Jeff right now and tell him. Dude, <laughs> don't do that, please. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the book. The book. We got to plug the book. Sonic Life is out everywhere where you get books, I Sonic assume. Sonic Life. It looks like this. It's an audio-based podcast, but we'll take a look at it. Sonic Life. It is a... <laughs> <laughs> For listeners at home, he's, hol he's holding up the Brian Ferry memoir. He's having a laugh over here. Yeah, it's a beautiful... That Brian Ferry book has a beautiful cover. Oh, there we go. There we All go. right, All right there's go. some more Sonic there's Life. There's more Sonic Life. Available Amazon.co.uk. I'm just going to leave it like this. Is that That's cool? That's great. It's perfect. Perfect. Thank, Thank you, Thank you Thurston. so much for taking the time. We're going to pick up the book, and everyone else will, too. See you soon. Stay free. Bye, guys. Look who's coming.